right, welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. Uh, this edition is going to have the first team list of the year. Um, it's been a long time. Oh, it's been a long time, man. But first, um, I'll get to who I'm joined with tonight, which is Bertie. Oh, how's it going? Um, who's taking part in the live draft while we're recording this. So, <laughs> fingers crossed we can keep on topic with all that happening in the background. <laughs> uh, Forty. Hey, fellas, how's it going? And Ham as well. Yep. All right. Well, this night, uh, the first thing we're going to get to the night is the news. Then we're going to review the junior reps. Uh, then get on to the previews. We've got six matches coming up this weekend, so a lot to to preview. Um, and then some final thoughts on the season ahead. So first of all, to the news. First uh, thing on the news is Will Smith Reese, uh, well, sorry, extending his contract for a further two years, which will see him at the club until the end of 2020. What are your takes on that, boys? Uh, very smart signing by the club. Uh, brings great utility. We saw last year that um, Brad was able to get the best out of him, so if he can keep that sort of level, I'm surprised that he, uh, we were able to re-sign him because I was honestly thinking that another club was going to come in and offer him a, a starting position, but... Luckily for us, they haven't. So, yeah, I think really great signing. Yeah, I, I agree. I was very much of the same uh, thought that another club that has a shortage in the halves would come in and say, yeah, here's a spot and, you know, come get it with good money. But obviously he likes the club and he's happy with where he is positionally in the in the squad depth chart because he knows he's going to get a chance as soon as injury strike. And I'm, you know, pretty chuffed that we got him locked up for, you know, the mid to long term. Yeah, no, this is like a... Um what do you call it, a squad signing? You know, he's going to be good for this overall squad. You know, he can fill in. Yeah. Um, so I reckon it's a good um, signing for the club. All right. And, and my take, yeah, that's great. It's a great depth squad. Uh, hooker, halves, fullback, he can play anywhere. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, obviously, with Kayser and King um, in the, the hooking situation. If one of them has to go, I assume Will Smith will be uh, the fullback option. Um of course, with a uh, couple of the young blokes in Schneider and Reed Marnie coming through, but um, that'll all have to play out coming up. Uh, the next bit of news, which plays into our first round match against the Panthers, is Hayne playing in his 200th game. A uh, bit of conspiracy theories out about uh, Hayne missing out on the two Parramatta Eels matches last <laughs> season, so he could make his 200th with Parramatta. Um, and as pointed out by, I think, Ron and a couple of the TCT boys, uh, Hayne will have played his 50th his 100th and his 200th game against the Panthers, who, I of course, he played all through his juniors. And also, again, yeah, as Ham was just saying, his debut against the Panthers, I think, too. I think his 150th was there as well, because I remember Mitch had to clear, clear this up with me, but apparently all his major milestone games involved Penrith. Yeah, I, th- I thought um, his 150th wasn't, um, but all the other ones were. So, But still, that's four milestone games uh, against Panthers. Um, so hopefully he can get the, the chocolates come the weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed for uh, six tries from Hainsey. Well, the Only six. Will the celebration come out this week? Oh, yeah. if, if, if he Has scores, to. it's come out. It'll be in the stadium too. If he scores, I'm running up and down the aisle doing the dance. All right, well, let's get on to the reviews of the juniors, uh, junior reps over last weekend. Uh, I know Hamish and both 40 were were in attendance. Uh, We'll 
We'll start off with the last game, uh, which was the Tasha Gales, with the girls going down 76-10 to 10 against the Dragons. Um, there seems to be two tiers in this competition, the top four or five teams, and then the rest are all uh, a, well, a big step below those, those top teams. So just like the NRL this year? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, the, the Tasha Gale definitely has two tiers of talent in there. And I think Parramatta, in their case, and Hamish might have a different opinion, but they, we look very one-dimensional. We're, we're a very you know thick, heavy-set, power-based team. And in the more expensive format, you play in Tasha Gales because it's the nines. Uh, the faster teams just tend to run rings around us. Yeah, I was going to say they looked a, looked a touch slow. It's just... Um... Yeah, with the girls, I don't really know much about them, to be honest. But being under 18s, the squad's going to change constantly. But I think I read somewhere that um, a couple of the players left to go over to some other club. So that's a thing. But, you know, 76 to 10, that's not really a, a bad score considering <laughs> some of the other ones that we've seen. <laughs> the, 90, the, year. the 90 plus scores that we've seen, yeah. Yeah, like, it's obviously just, it's, um, it's just the other teams are just way too good for our girls and some of the other teams. All right, and then on to the Harold Matthews and SG Ball. After last week, we said they needed a bounce back after those two losses, um, both in the Harold Mats and SG Ball against the Panthers. Uh, they have done that. Harold Matthews with a 54-6 to win um, on the weekend, which has two tries to, to Birdie's favourite junior player, Penasini. Uh, a triple to... <laughs> to <laughs> a triple to Tui Palotu. Uh, one to Rocchetti, one to Toei, one to Russell, one to Kala... I'm not... He- Ham, do you want to help me with the pronunciation of that one? It might be Kalashay. Yeah, Kalashay or Kalash. Kalashay. Yeah, and last one to Marek. So that's 10 tries all up and seven from 10 conversions. Ham and 40, your takes on the match. Um, yeah, I didn't see the Penrith game last week, but going from the Manly game, they looked uh, a lot more crisp in their set plays and everything, we tended to go more to our left this time too, where Penasini was. And when he, whenever he has the ball, um, something's going to happen. He's just so big, so strong, um, really quick feet at the line. Speaking of quick feet at the line, Tui Pelota, I, very imp- I, I thought he was my man of the match. Um, some of his kick returns, he just had that, there was a little late footwork just yeah. before contact, which would isolate, you'd go right in between defenders. I don't know how he did it, He's got that- to be honest with you. That big, lean, athletic build, hasn't he? Like, just he, he moves so Dugan easily. build, Dugan build. Yeah, there right. is a bit. Of, there is a bit of Josh Dugan there. I can see that. Yeah, that like that really lean, uh, athletic, you know, sort of big kick return type player. Um, yeah, he was he was very good weekend. I yes. thought that was Jacob Arthur's best game by far, um, based yep. on what I've seen and heard. And I think he popped up on both edges, which was the real big difference. You know, coming from the right and the left to link up and create you know the opportunities. So he was very fluent with all the line. He defended really well too for a smaller guy in that position. All right. And on to SG Ball, which again, we were winners. 24-12. to 12. A try to Tassapale. He seems to be going over every week. Two uh, to Nora. One to Key and one to Dury. Two from five conversions. But the big takeaway from this match was uh, poor uh, Kyle Schneider seems to be out for the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. Yeah, Is that right? That's a, that's a big loss. He's, he's popped his shoulder, which is the opposite to one he did as a, a very young kid. So that's the positive news. There's um, much less of a chance of the subluxation of the shoulder, I think that's the way I recognize it, where uh, reoccurring shoulder injuries cause the, the tendons and ligaments to loosen. So I think it's the first injury to that shoulder, so it should be all right long term. But he's um, he's out for the season from here, which is unfortunate because 
he was in line to captain the New South Wales 18s to captain the Australian schoolboys, um, which I don't think is an exaggeration to say that he isn't that highly regarded in that system or those systems. So it, it puts a lot of pressure on the ball now because they went into the season um, with Schneider as by far and away the primary hooker, and now they're going to have to you know, sort of scavenge something together. And Ham, what were your takeaways from that match? Uh, too much drop ball on Aaron. I think there was about six or seven consecutive sets we didn't complete at all, yeah. and that was even with um, Schneider on the field. So, you know, to keep them to 12 was very good. Don't get me wrong, the defensive aspect of our team was very, very good. It was two late tries as well. It was two late tries. But in attack, we needed to be better, and with Kyle, our halves will have to move closer to the ruck, which means we won't be able to be ex- expansive. But in saying that, I did notice JP Noah, especially in that second half when he was um, promoted to captain, he stood up and did a lot more talking on the field. So with Kyle gone, he needs to definitely step up. Um, I think William Key needs to come in looking for a bit more yeah. work. So, you know, if if we can hold on to the ball, if we don't drop the ball, I just don't even think we completed it 50% in that first half. Um, if they can hold on to the ball... They do have the strike power, as Tassapale scored yet again. Dury um, has some nice ball-playing skills. Um, so, yeah, if they can hold on to the ball, I do believe there is enough. We do have a tough run home, but that we can jag a few wins for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think the players you mentioned are pretty much almost entirely the ones that have to stand up. The two edge players in Charbel Tassapale and uh, Matt Dury are both very talented, uh, very multifaceted in what they can bring to the team as well. Uh, Dury's got a very good playmaking set of skills for an edge boy, and Tassapawa's got a great knack of creating something out of nothing. So they've got to be the guys out wide. Uh, Stefano Toikamano, he's going to be huge for us because in the first half he was a, like a, just a monster. But yeah. we're, we're going to need to lean on him more and more to create impact through the middle. And JP Nora, you know, he's he stood up massively in the second half of that game, and he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the man. Almost Jared Hayne-esque in the set, not not 2009 style, but you're going to have a lot of the play gravitating around your fullback, which is unconventional in you know modern attacking structures. But with Tyler Field and, and um, Young Smith operating close to the to the ruck, like you were saying, uh, Noah is going to be the difference maker, chiming in from the back. All right. Well, that um, hopefully the the SG ball can continue on without their main man in Kyle Schneider. Uh, luckily, they do have an easier game coming up this weekend on Saturday. Um, so we'll jump straight into the previews now for this upcoming week. First of all, with the junior reps. Uh, at 11.50 over at Redfern Oval on Saturday, uh, we'll see the Tasha Gales take on the Bunnies. Um, now, Bunnies seem to be in that second tier of the women's group. They're currently running seventh with one win. Um, and the Eels, of course, are in ninth position. Can you see the girls having a bit of a bounce back this week, playing some uh, some talent that's probably around about there where they are at as well? Yeah, it's a tough one to pick because I don't really get to watch the the girls a lot of their times. Their games are, are at different times and different um, grounds. But you know, I'm just going through the Rabbitohs scores, and they're sort of scoring having similar similar rounds against them. So. You know, fingers crossed for them that they do, uh, you know, at least have a close game. I think that'll be the the main thing because there wasn't this divide last year. It's obviously, um, I'm not sure if it's heavy recruitment from whoever, but 
um, yeah, just hopefully for the girls they do get a, a good game in. Yeah, I think Ham's spot on there. Uh, it's it's going to be tough regardless of you know that whole tiered stance, which I absolutely agree on. There are obviously a class class of teams above the the other set, but I think traveling away from home, uh, you know, the play style that they've shown in the first couple of rounds, they're going to need to be a little bit more expansive. It's always hard to go from a bit of smash mouth footy to spreading it wide and you know taking your chances. So if they get the win, it'll be fantastic. On to the Harold Matthews, which will be uh, against the Magpies at Campbelltown Stadium. Uh, that'll kick off at midday on Saturday with the Magpies currently in eighth and the Eels currently in fourth position. Uh, what what are your takes, Hammond Forty? <laughs> if they can play like they did last week, um, I thought our forwards were running a lot harder. If they can do that again. Get that back line involved. It's Penasini. I thought uh, the new winger he did well um, to get the ball over the line. If they can play to our, if they can hit up hard and play to our edges quickly, uh, I can see us winning this one again. Yeah, once again, it's about playing to our own level, and if we can maintain the standards that we set last week in the victory over the the Rabbitohs, it'll be a case of that we should get home, you know, quite comfortably. You never assume that any game's won in the juniors. You know, we had Penrith down 16 points two weeks ago, and we ended up losing that game. But these boys need to keep playing at the standards that they set themselves, and they'll give themselves a real good chance of winning pretty much every game from here on out. All right, and on to the SG ball. We are up against uh, again against Camp. Uh, sorry, up against the Magpies at Campbelltown. Uh, Magpies running uh, third. Uh, sorry, fifteenth. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the team plays without Schneider. Um, we did have to consolidate a lot and play more around the ruck, which doesn't hurt our team. We do have some big boppers um, in the middle with uh, Valens Harris, Sam Hughes has been named, Harry Duggan really impressed me yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was his first game back this year. Albert Etu Fave. Fave, yeah, he was good. Um, I think we do need some more minutes from Stefano this week if we're gonna if we're gonna put on a good showing because whenever he carries the ball, even in defence, he just he rattles players. Yeah, he's a, just a big mountain, isn't he? Defensively, he can put on a good shot against the big boys. All yeah. right, and so are you boys going to be out there for the Harold Mats and the SG ball this weekend? I should be. I'm I should be knocking there. on wood. I've got a little bit of work to get done in the back end of this week, but if I can get that out, I'll be um, all good. All right, now on to um, the big three matches to be paid out at Penrith on Sunday. Uh, the first one kicking off at 11.45am, which is the Jersey flag. Um, now, I'll run through our team list, which we have Hayes Dunster at fullback, uh, Michael Cheer and Tuafa Afu in the um, wings, and then we've got Afalo and Akafalau in the centres, uh, Tapari and Brown in the um, six and seven, respectively. Then in the front row, we've got Oregon Kafusi, Sean Kepi, uh, with uh, Jaden Field filling in at hooker. Then in the second row, uh, Auckland Nikov, uh, <laughs> Dylan Clifford, and at lock, Michael Tupo. Feel free to, to chime in if I've, I've butchered anything there. Um, and then on the bench, Jesse Cronin, uh, Sam McGregor, Ben Valu and Austin Diaz with uh, the 18th man being James Porter. Now, what do you boys think about this Jersey flag team? I like the team a lot, but it's missing a few key players. Uh, I pointed out in my blog on TCT, but uh, 
right away you can see that John Fanua at fullback, Celeste Fanger at the right edge back row slot, and Ethan Parry on the right wing are absent. So they, they must have picked up. I mean, Johnny Fanua was absent for the last trial, but Fanger and Parry play, and they must have picked up some sort of knock uh, between now and then, whether it was a training or in the game. But it's a good team. Uh, probably the biggest concern is the rotational forwards maintaining that same platform set by the uh, starting pack, which was the issue against uh, Newcastle, I believe. Yep, I have to agree. There's um, it'll be a tough game against Penrith. Always is always nice and fiery to start the start the day. Um, but yeah, I think if uh, Taipari and Brown can um, come together and do some set plays again, get get our centres. I, I really like Noah Flair on the trial. He ran some nice lines, defended well. So if they if their halves can get involved and keep the structure, I think we should put in a good showing. Yeah, a lot of strike power in that back line, even though it's missing some key players. I do agree with you absolutely that getting Tui and Noah involved will be key to getting some points on the board. They're both, for different reasons, both very dynamic centres. And it's just a matter of the pack, you know, laying a good platform. We're missing some of our explosive weapons there, but Michael Tupo could be a big X factor in that regard. All right. And then... Um to follow that game at 1.45, we have the Wentworthville Magpies. There's actually two Magpies teams in the ISC this year, being uh, Wentworthville Magpies plus uh, the old uh, Western Suburbs Magpies are going to be back in it. Um, so Wentworth Magpies, I'll go through the team list, which is uh, Lebanon Hero, Anthony Leon at fullback, uh, Gaffar and uh, Aono on the wings, then Akafalau and Davis in the centres, uh, the halves pairing is Zach Nichols at seven and Apuri at six. Uh, in the front row, we have Stormquist and Peaky Rogers with Reed Marnie playing at number nine. Then in the second row is Matt Woods and Hitori with Ray Stone being the lock. Uh, in 14, Gorman, who usually plays in the halves. Uh, 15 is Andy Saunders as a prop front rower. Nick Cassis, Daniel Dole with an extended Brent bench of Brett Dietz, Dylan Izzard, and Jack Morris. Um, so, Birdie's favourite, Jack Morris, has uh, raised He's his head. Up, He's popped up. Um, now, it should be noted that this Wentworthville team will probably change with uh, some of the extended bench in the first grade team to probably drop back. Uh, so, we can probably expect a bit of change uh, prior to the game kicking off. Um, but what do you think about the Magpies team? Jeez, uh, it's missing a lot of talent. Like, you, if you look at that team and then you consider that there's four first graders that are named to the extended bench in NRL but aren't there, two of which I'm certain will drop down in Dave Gower and Casey Pritchard. I'm not so sure what, what we'll do with Kenny Edwards and, um, and Will Smith. Spoilers for the NRL team, this, by the way. Uh, but that injury report that the club put out today, uh, CSI Avave, round two, Jamin Salmon, round three, Greg Lalissiao, round three, Tony Williams, it's his suspension date, which is round three, but I'm not sure about his uh, ACL return. Uh, Murata Miyakore, suspension round two. Penny Tarepo, hamstring round three. George Jennings, elbow round two. So what is that? Two, four, six, seven. Six plays, if you don't count uh, Tony Williams, that are you know potentially unavailable for selection due to injury or suspension. So that's a pretty, pretty intense toll on the Wente team, even before round one. Yeah, it's hard to say. I'm not sure about a lot of these players. I'm, even in the trial matches, we don't really get a, a team list or proper numbers to go by yeah. for the players. So it's, it's hard to pick. There are, there are a few names that have popped around 
Um, other teams like Eddie Iono was a stalwart for Mounties, played uh, for Canberra. Um, Stromquist coming from uh, well, Wyong last year. Uh, who else is in there? That's, uh, that's, that's Daniel Dole coming from Canberra. So, yeah, it's, it's a fairly inexperienced side, even though, you know, there's not many players named, and even with first grade, but there's still not many reserve grade um, stalwarts that are usually there. I think the most capped would have to be Nick Cassis in for terms of reserve grade um, For Wente or reserve grade games. in general? I just reserve grade in general. Matt Woods would be up there, but the poor bastard's always hurt. Um, yeah. Yeah, Nick Cassis might actually be the most capped guy there. Because he's yeah. floated, floated around a bit, a bit between Wenty and was it Blacktown the other, um, the other year? So. Yeah, yeah. last year he played a couple of games for Blacktown and come back across. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, a very inexperienced team for sure. Yeah. So yeah, last year... Um, oh my yeah, God, good. <laughs> sorry. So last year, um, before Marata was on you know, anyone's radar or even um, Raystone... Oh, I here thought, we I, go. Here I, we I, go. I, it's not bragging, but I thought the future... <laughs> it's humble bragging. The future would be Scott Schultz and Jack Morris. Now, Schultz is no longer at the club. I don't I like any of our players, goddammit. I was hoping, like, Morris would stay because, you know, he's a Queensland rep from the 18s, you know. Um, and I just thought, we can't, just, you know, he's got talent. I reckon he has talent, so. You've, just, you've put the mockers on the rider, mate. That's why he's not playing. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've killed him. You, you, you've given him the dead set Schultz Morris mockers. <laughs> oh. no, I'm just saying, like, um. So before I no, no, like, that's that, that's yeah. understandable. It's alright, mate. I, yeah, I think Jack Jack Morris had a really good 2016 in NYC, and I was really high on him too. He played a great brand of football, and I can understand why everyone, including the club, were quite impressed with him. So, I mean, he's obviously not uh, completely out of the mix if he's been named on the extended bench at Winty. Uh, so it's in his hands to work his way back into the team, and from there, you know, give himself a shot at getting back into the big league. Yeah. So, quick question: Where is uh, Murata? Murata is suspended. So, for but do I'm we know what that's for? If he put a high shot on in the Newcastle ISP trial, and uh, I think he might have been caught out for something, but I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, no, so it's it's not disciplinary remember. from what we think. But it's a two week suspension. So, oh wait, it's a one week suspension. He returns round two. Yeah. Yeah, That's so. right. So I assume it was something from that ISP trial rather than some internal disciplinary thing. So, yeah, it, it says um, so Maybe Birdie right. hasn't put the mocker on him. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, let's dive straight into it. The first grade squad kicking off at 10 past four at pa- uh, Panthers Stadium, whatever the hell they call it uh, this year. Uh Centrelink Stadium. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they might as well. All right. Um, now there's a couple of surprises in here, but it's it's pretty much what we thought it was going to be. So at fullback, Bevan French uh, beats out Jared Hayne. There was external rumblings about Hayne maybe may playing at fullback, but all the internals was that it was Bevan French's jersey um, to begin the year, and then it'll be a fight between Gutherson and French to who will continue to wear that throughout the season. Um, on the wings, we see Josh Hoffman and Kirasami Avaa, uh, which will see Kirasami play on the left, Hoffman on the right. Um, Jared Hayne and Michael Jennings in the centres, with Jennings to play left, Hayne to play right. Uh, Corey Norman, Mitch Moses in the halves. Uh, then our starting front rows of Alvaro and Tim Manor with Cameron King to play hooker. 
Then in the second row, Manu Mau, Tepo Maroa makes his uh, way back into the starting second row after being uh, left out of that trial squad with a niggle. And Nathan Brown rounds it out at lock. And then on the interchange bench, we have Bo Scott. Brad Takarangi makes his way onto the interchange. Sui Matangi as a prop rotation in the prop rotation, and Kane Evans also in the prop rotation, uh, which sees in the extra reserves the 18 through 21 of Will Smith, Kenny Edwards misses out on the first grade squad, David Gower, and also Kayser missing out on a bench utility position. All right, so the big out there is Kenny Edwards. Easily the biggest name in that big reshuffle there. I think the starting 13 was pretty much as we'd expect, with the only exception being that right edge slot as to who got the starting nine. And obviously Tepai's come back in there, which isn't a real surprise. He played there all of 2017. Uh, but the, the the Kenny Edwards one is interesting because I was trying to do the logic behind this in my blog. And it comes down to running two props on the bench and then you're trying to juggle three players into one position between Moroa, Takarangi and Kenny. Um, and I think both Scott's... Uh, seniority in the ruck, you know, running through the middle gives him the edge in that regard. So Kenny's just the unfortunate loser in that whole yeah, logistical um, situation. Yeah, it seems that Tack is going to be the utility. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so Tack is going to be the utility with, um, you know, his, his position will be on that right edge. But if we do get an injury to the halves, he'll slot in there. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, Kenny. I, I, I like Kenny Edwards, and as much as opposition supporters give him shit, even our own supporters give him shit, he's very high work rate. In that yeah. game, I think it was against the Bulldogs that he got absolutely torn to shreds by some people. He, he made 42 tackles in yeah. 60 minutes. Like, that's right. That's yeah. not something to, to balk at at all, and he's always causing um, defensive lines problems with his that run where he's just constantly on right foot, right foot. Um, it keeps the whole defence engaged. No one can slack off when he's running the ball. So it is interesting, but in BA we trust. Well, see, um, Brad Arthur was on uh, 360 yesterday, and he said what they focused on this year was uh, when they lose their, like, well, how they can control. So I reckon this could be, because I reckon he's a hothead, Ken Edwards. So oh, he's absolutely a, a hothead. It could just be a case of cutting the ill-disciplined players out of the squad, you know. Yeah, that's just my it, it, it could all be a ruse too. Like Brad has played ducks and drakes before, not often, but he has he has um caused you know game day reshuffles of his last two players. Um, but it, it does look like Kenny's sort of on the outside looking at the moment. And I suppose I can't, other, sorry, Yamsh. I I can't see it being ducks and drakes this time because that that was my response know, too. Yeah, yeah. Who who does he replace in the team? You know, you can have Tacker, but then what's what's the point in doing that? Yeah, you know, so. The only other player I could think of is Matangi, but then you're completely yeah, losing. Prop um, short. Yeah, you're you're a complete prop so short, and you're, you're looking to play um, Maroa as the um the extra prop, leaning on extra work rate out of him after starting on the edge. Don't want to sound like a, a negative person, but what about Bo Scott? Like, can his body like? Yeah, if if quality? if you were to make that substitution, it would be for Bo Scott, I'd say. Uh, but Scott sort of has certain intangibles, I suppose, that tie him strongly to the team. He's one of your two captains. He's got a lot more experience in the ruck than Kenny does. Uh, he knows how to, you know, play the game within the game that is through the middle. So he can, you know, work the players over, work the refs over. Um, but it, it is, a, and this is why I raised in my blog today, is that if you're looking to make that change, Bo Scott would be the one. Uh, because I think Brad Takarangi is... Kenny's the better back, better back role than Brad. 
and Will Smith is the better utility than, than Brad, but Takarangi's good enough at both of those positions that he's sort of edged them both out of that position. So, yeah, I don't know. And Matangi sort of won that, that second prop spot by default in the end because Penny did his hamstring. So that's his spot to lose now. Yeah, just on um on Bo Scott, I think I think it's also his defensive capabilities. Well, once you take Alvaro and Manor off, we don't really have that um That's player true. plugging up the middle because Matangi, while he's a fantastic attacking player, sometimes and can push shot. He, yeah, man. He can, and also Bo leads the line in defence, which against a big forward pack is good to stop them before they get a momentum going. Now, do you think that inclusion? Obviously, Kenny Edwards he injects spark. He injects. Uh, enthusiasm he pumps up the boys the the intensity lifts as soon as he comes on but do you think brad's traded that for brad takarangi's uh, playmaking abilities because if you slot let's say we play like last year maroa starts on the right and then shifts to the middle brad takarangi comes into that right edge you've got a right edge of moses brad takarangi then you'll have jared hayne and we're assuming after Hoffman, uh, after uh, Gutherson comes back, we assume he goes to fullback. Then you've got Bevan French outside him. That is four playmakers that can, you don't know where they're going to go. They've got an in ball, an out ball. Um, each of them can attract defenders. Each of them can score tries. Each of them can kick. They can pass. They can do everything. Um, is that the thinking there that you, you've got an extra playmaker whilst Kenny Edwards can ball play? Brad Takarangi obviously has played in the halves before. Um, he's played at centre. He's got a better playmaking ability than Kenny Edwards. I think that's a, that's a big part of the, the logic process there. Um, yeah, like, it, it's it's just such a complex scenario that, as a fan looking on the outside in, we don't have access to all the information that would lead to Brad making this decision. Um, I think you're, it's pretty sound reasoning there, though, Hamish. It, it gives you such a loaded edge on the right that you can throw so many different looks at the opposition, and Brad's shown that he's happy to think outside the box as far as employing both conventional attacking structures in the Melbourne Storm style, as well as a couple of unique different variations that you know he's got cooked up in his books. Uh, yeah, and obviously the, the versatility of, of Tacker on the bench can potentially save a game if the wrong player goes down. So that, that's a huge part in his favour. And could it also be in terms of um, experience, just looking at their games, Tacker's got 126 games, whereas Kenny's only on 62. So nearly double the games there. Could that also be a factor in... Um, well, that's the, that's the a really good point man. because I was shocked to see this, and you guys probably saw the stat too. But the Eels are the third most experienced NRL squad in 2018, and that's what, that came out of nowhere. I know we've added a couple of you know big veterans in recent times in uh, Scott and Jennings, uh, but sort of out of nowhere, we've become the third most experienced team, which really yeah. really surprised me. And you, you, uh, look at our, you look at our spine with our threat, our French uh, Moses and Norman and King, like this. Norman's the most experienced one out of all of them, so like yeah, they're, they're babies as a both as a, a individual and as a unit. So the the best of them is still to come hopefully this year. Um, also on that, I guess um, talking about experience. Um, oh frig! I just had an absolute <laughs> brain fart. <laughs> um, no, sorry, that's that was the thought. We've got one of the most experienced centre pairings in the NRL with Jared Hayne, of course, racking up two hundred and Jennings over two hundred games. Um, it's going to be an exciting centre pairing uh, on the proviso that Hayne kicks on with a fixed spot. Um, I know that Brad Arthur had some positive things to say about him on 360 last night. And also, uh, surprisingly, Paul Kent was pretty high on Jared Hayne last night too. I think that's the, the first positive well, he, thing he, I've ever heard he him say about him. He's out of the blocks almost, you know, verbatim there, isn't he? That 
is he going to make Jared have a big start to the year? I was shocked. I, th- Maybe I think Hank- that was because uh, BA was there. He didn't want to get his head kicked <laughs> in. <laughs> I was, I was Actually, maybe um, Hayne finally said hello to Paul Kent. That's why. <laughs> Possibly. I was actually um, I was quite happy with how BA conduct. I mean, not conducted, but presented himself on three sixty because he's never been a man that's particularly comfortable being in the spotlight of the media, and he didn't look a hundred percent at home on three sixty. But he did a very good job uh, deflecting some of the leading questions that Iken and Kent presented him. And you know, Iken and Kent were exactly unfair, but they did sort of look to angle into certain um, answers. But you know, he did a good job. Uh, you know looking after his team and talking about the expectations and the burden of expectation for 2018. Well, I think he looked um, quietly confident last night. He, he deflected those questions. Um, he had an air of, uh, of just confidence. He just exuded confidence. He's, he's got the team that he wants mm. this season. He's got everybody there. He's expecting big things. And if you think about it, you know, we've improved every year that BA has been here, but for 2016, um, you know, this year we're, we've got to, as Ham touched on last week, be looking to that third week of the finals to be around there and to be pushing for that grand final yes. berth. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what's what's in store this season. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns across the course of the entire NRL. But, yeah, we're definitely looking for that you know, week three of the finals and beyond. Did you say... Um, All right, now... Too late? Sorry, go, Bertie. Did you say it's a bit too late now for Eva Hayne? Or um, Jenko to play Origin again because you know if we fire so. they could they could play and I mean both have problems for us but um, I think they've moved on from Jennings said that Haynes going to be in serious contention I think the the ship sailed for Jenko though like unfortunately for him on an individual basis but awesome for the team um, he should have been picked last season and he you know he was one of the best centers in the competition didn't get a look in. Um, Jared, on the other hand, has the uh, the foot in the door still uh, after being part of the squad in 2017. All right, and sorry, just back on to the to the team list. So I'll run through Penrith's team list for first grade, which sees at fullback Dylan Edwards, Mansour, and we're telling Zalesniak on the wings, Blake and Peachy in the centre pairing with uh, Farre missing out with an injury, Maloney Cleary as the halves pairing. Uh, then you've got Tamo and Campbell Gillard as the starting props with Wallace at number nine. Then in the 11 is Viliami Kikau after a really big uh, uh, off-season with uh, the Fijian team. Must have uh, edged out Corey Harawira Naira. Um, and Isa Yeo on the bench, uh, sorry, in the starting second row uh, with Trent Merrin at lock. And then on the bench, you've got Sam McKendry coming back from, I think that's his second season-ending injury. He's had a few of them. I don't know if it's two or might be more. Yeah. Um, Corey Harawira Naira on the bench. Uh, Moses Leota and Fisher Harris. And then on the extended uh, bench is Sione Katoa, Tim Brown, um, who seemed to be a favourite of um, Hooks last season, so it's a shame that he's not starting prop <laughs> this year. Um, Christi- uh, Christian Crichton and Luai. Um, so, where do you think their weaknesses lie for Penrith, other than their um, bum coach? Uh, do you reckon we can have some joy against uh, that centre and wing pairing of, I think it's going to be Tyrone Peachy and Wateni Lesniak, or perhaps on the other side with Waka Blake and Josh Mansell? Yeah, I think uh, defensively, their um, edge. I'm not sure if who's going to be defending, if it's going to be Kikau and Peachy. If they're defending together, I definitely think that we can throw some shapes at their 
and get them making decisions and they'll be making wrong decisions and we've got the speed, we've got the skill to get past them. Um, big forward pack, which is, you know, expected of Penrith. They, they do have a lot of big forwards and they'll be running hard all game. They've got a, well, appears to be a four forward bench. We'll have to be on our toes there. Um, I think we can rattle the new halves pairing of Cleary and Maloney, both very, very good players, but if we get uh, one tackled on the fourth, then we can rush one on the fifth. So that it'll be interesting, um, our line speed there. I think that'll be uh, massive in this game to shut down their forwards and their halves. We've definitely got to play to our strengths rather than playing to their weaknesses too. Um, I think a lot of fans tend to look at that, whereas the coaches do tend to look at the strengths of their own team, which we should be playing to, which luckily for us against the Panthers is our line speed and our centres at the moment. So I think it will be an interesting game. And, yeah, I, I, that's what I've got to say about uh, that that, West, that other Western Sydney team. I think that's you actually touched on a real good point there, Ham, and it ties into what Brad said last night, and it's about focusing what you can control rather than what you can't. Yeah, he mentioned that the team got a little bit hot-headed in the final series last year about things that were out of their control, which you know could be any number of things from opposition to officiating and you know just bad luck. Um, and it's a good it's a good sort of mandate for coaching in general is to focus on what you can do rather than what you know others can, and that applies very much to the Panthers. You know, you play to your strengths, good line speed and defence, you know, aggressive play for the middle in attack, and then you're know, using the edges to spread the ball rapidly, and then you know you let you let your team set the pace and to use a Wally Lewisism dictate the terms and you know don't worry about getting caught up in what the opposition's doing and that, that very much applies to Penrith who like to throw the ball around against us and play a little bit of unstructured footy yeah I'd, I'd target um, James Baloney because you know he's always good for a penalty or two and um, just having a quick look at the weather it's going to be 31 degrees that day so it might, it might come down to who's a bit Who's got who's got the who's more fitter at the fitness level? You know, maybe our secret signing in the preseason, Lockwood Wilmot, will come. You know, we can contribute this win to him. But yeah, this... we, yeah, we we certainly look sharp against the Knights in that regard. Our um our fitness in the second phase of the game, you know, after those initial opening crashes, really you know looked sharp. So hopefully that carries into the round one. No, that's a that's a good point, Bertie. A, a fitness is is a big um, part of the early early um, season matches, um, and now um, I'll just go to to uh, Penrith are still favourites um, in the betting markets at a dollar eighty five. Eels outside is a dollar ninety five. Um, but since that Penrith troll, I think we've come in from about two dollars fifty into a dollar ninety five. Um, so. If you, you want to have a bet, I assume um, you can pick up pretty good on the head-to-head market there. Um, but um, I'm not sure. If, do you guys have any other other words before the kickoff? It's just good footies back. Yeah, thank God. Oh, great. <laughs> and, and sorry, where can we find the Eels supporters? They're going to be, is it Bay 34? Uh, here, here? Yeah, I'm going to try and get there early. Um, I did see on Twitter someone put up a picture saying to try and get in a certain bay. I'll just have a quick look. Um, but I'll be down there. I'll be trying to get to try and get into Bay 34. So Eels fans try and get there. So yeah, um, on the south side, so that's the opposite to the tunnel, um, those bays in the concourse, uh, I think uh, someone is trying to get a lot of blue and gold supporters. And I, I saw, was it a tweet or was it someone on 
on the um <clears throat> on the podcast Discord uh, mentioning that there's like 30 reserve seats left and like a uh, thousand or two thousand GA tickets left. So yeah, someone tweeted that earlier. Um, I think that's ama- even though it is round one, it is Paramount against Penrith local derby. I think that's massive for the game, and we well whenever we play them, Penrith always get their biggest crowds. So um, yeah, and I mean football be, blew up for good reason, didn't it last year? Yeah, when um, we, they didn't have a scheduled home game against the Eels. Yeah, so hopefully it's an electric atmosphere. All right, and so if you want to get down there early, as said before, Jersey Flag kicks off at eleven forty-five. Um, I'm going to try and get a leave pass to get out there to go to all three grades. Um, and as said before, get in and get your tickets soon because they're almost sold out uh, in relation to grandstand tickets. Uh, you've got a couple of thousand left for the general admission, um, but you, you're taking uh, a chance on getting a, a ticket at the gate. So hopefully, uh, if you're you're keen on getting out there, go and grab a ticket now. Um, although they're going to hit you in the hip pocket with that $25 general admission price. Just wait until I talk um, next week about Manly's ticket pricing. Oh, that's next week's podcast. <laughs> Sorry, is that part of the uh, the 40s? Uh... Oh, that'll be fire up ham. It'll be fire up ham, for sure. <laughs> okay, any last words? So what, what's our expected score? Run through you, Bertie. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking um, 28-6, first try scorer, the Hain plane. All right, and on to you, Forty. Um, yeah, I think about a two try, maybe a little bit more win would be a nice way to start the season. Uh, maybe a twenty-two six. I'll go goal kicking and on down to you. Like trial, maybe. Sorry, and any first try scorer uh, tips, Forty. First try scorer, got to go, Bev. The French. All right, and on to you, Ham. I think they're being too conservative there. Um, Penrith's defence and I'm coaching is absolutely woeful. Um, I'm going 48 to to 8. 48 to 8. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll crack the 50. We'll, we'll let up and we'll bring uh, Mitchell Moses and Cameron King off for the last 10 or so minutes. Um, so yeah, 48 to 8. First try scorer, the Dab King, Cameron King. <laughs> All right, and on to me. I, I might be a little bit more conservative, but I reckon we're going to run up a fair few tries. I reckon we're going to put on about five or six. Um, so estimating between 24 and 30 points, and I, I don't like Penrith. I just don't like the, the vibe around Penrith. Um, I thought you meant like a I think Griffin's... On, well, I don't like Penrith in general. I hate. I, hate I don't like Penrith. <laughs> don't like Penrith in general, but I don't like the vibe around the club. It, it just stinks to high yeah, heavens at the moment. That, that with is, that uh, really or and and that can work for them or against them, but I don't think they're a mentally tough outfit or mentally tough enough to uh, be able to repel all of that. Uh, what's going on in the media? Um, what's happening with Griffin and Gould? Uh, there's just too much going on there, so I reckon they'll only be able to put on a try at best. So I can see us running away five or six tries to one winners. Uh, Bevan French again for my first try scorer and possibly getting a double. Um, all right. Um, now, last bit for the podcast. Last words on the season to come. What? What? A- any last words? Where Eels going to end up? What? What do you think's a good outcome? Um, 
how are we going to go in the early part of the season? How many wins do you think we're going to get? Just a little bit um, of your take, Bertie. Um, so, obviously, the first uh, quarter of the season is going to be tough. Well, I see us going, you know, win, loss, win, loss, because we play a lot of the, a lot of the teams twice. So, you know, like, um, other than that, like, we're just going to weather the first bit of the, the first, uh, say, first 10 games of the season. After that, you know, we'll get our groove, you know, and we should power home, you know, towards the end of the season. Yeah. All right, and 40, any last takes before we kick off this Sunday? As the preseason's worn on and on, I mean, realistically, the goal has to be the Premiership this year. And that's not to say that our window is limited to 2018 only, but the way things have aligned for us, um, you know, Melbourne's gotten slightly weaker. I know the Roosters had a big recruitment drive, but their depth is pretty weak. Uh, North Queensland, uh, it's like they're better, quote-unquote, on paper, but uh, you've got, you know, two big... Uh, Stalwarts returning from long-term injuries in JT and Scott, so it remains to be seen how they you know, both play like on an individual basis and how the dynamic of the team changes now that Morgan has shown that he could be the guy. Uh, there's a window there, and I, I dare say the boys are looking at that window saying, you know, it's time. And I'd know that unless there's a horrific run of injuries this year, I would be disappointed if you know we're not a real shot of winning the title. And that's that's where I'm at. Hopefully we start the season strong. And him. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But yeah, start the season strongly. Um, Bertie mentioned we've got a lot of double fixtures, home and away. Um, so that'll make for an interesting uh, following as far as how we play these teams uh, twice over. But, you know, we get through that. There's a good run in the middle and then a tough run home before the finals. All right, and here. You there, Ham? He's seething with Penrith hatred and he's not able to talk at the No, moment. sorry, uh, you dropped out there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I I am seething with that hatred, and I oh, oh oh I'm fired up for the footy. I'm fired up for this Sunday. Um, I'll just make a quick prediction for the for the um season. We will have the longest running streak all year. Wow. We can we can close longest last year. Streak. Melbourne pipped us. Yeah, it was only dropping had, that Newcastle. Yeah, the Newcastle game bitch. really messed it up. Otherwise, we would have been right up there for Melbourne for the biggest streak. No, I think definitely this year we'll have the biggest streak. I'm not sure when, but I'm personally tipping rounds one to round twelve. Do we do we get the biggest streak from? Hamish well, I'm we on the that streak from the Eels? Well, I'm I'm on that train with you. Hamish. I had to think about um, that for a second. Um, no, because I like to go. I don't. To the games. I don't think I'll get in the nut with you, Ham. But enough, um, yeah, no comment from you. <laughs> Um, on with that, I, I'm with you on that uh, that tip just on the biggest streak there, Ham. Um, I, I don't know if I'll... Um, I, I guess if we have a few too many beers on... on <laughs> you on would Sunday absolutely do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a good look, but, you know, we'll enjoy it. Um, on to that. Um, with that in mind, uh, for all of you at home, I'm sorry for the mental image, um, but uh, that those first couple of rounds, we're playing teams that have had a lot of changeover in the off-season. You know, you look at Panthers, they've got an unsettled halves pairing, completely new. Seagulls, the exact same. They've got a rookie playing in the 5-8th position. Sharks, they've had a couple of change-ups. Um, you know, obviously with a new... Well, I know they've Val played fullback last season, but he's still pretty new in the piece. 
um, plus a changed halves pairing. West Tigers are a completely new team. Uh, Raiders, have, I've seen they've named Sam Williams as their starting seven. Blake Austin has been uh, moved to the bench as a hooker utility, plus they're missing their starting hooker. Um, then again, you've got to go back to Manly. We're playing again. West Tigers again. Sharks again. Bulldogs, completely new team, new coach. Um, then you move on to Warriors, who... Uh, who knows what the hell they're going to do this season, and on to Broncos in round 12, who again have a completely new halves pairing and a completely new forward pairing. So I think those early round matches are going to be crucial um, to how we finish the season, whether we're going to be in the top four. If I can see us winning the majority of those games to start the season, we're in with a real crack. And that's what we should be aiming to do, is to start this season on fire. Last season we were pretty slow, we had so many away games, but this season there's no excuses. Uh, we're playing teams that are that have got completely new uh, either halves pairings or a lot of player turnover. Whilst we've re- remained pretty static, but for um, the addition of Kane Evans um, and Jared Hayne in centre, of course, but he's coming back to the fold after being away for some time. So I'm with you on that, Ham. All yeah, right, boys. Any I, last takeaways? I'd be more confident, like if what Ham said with the streak. If uh, Gufferson was starting round one, you know, I'd think Gufferson comes back, we're, I reckon we're a top two team. That's just with him coming back. But um, for now, just, you know, just wait. I reckon, yeah, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say then, this whole thing, yeah. And I think we can afford some time for Gufferson. Obviously, coming back from a knee reco, the second one, it's going to take time, even if Gutherson does come to that fullback role. I think we saw with RTS last year that it's not an easy road back, um, even though he had to do a lot of the heavy lifting in that Warriors squad with the, the forwards pack not performing. Um, but it is a long way back for, for knee injuries. Um, so, But with Bevan French, Jared Hayne being able to play a fullback, Will Smith being able to play a fullback, and on a pinch, Hoffman being able to play fullback, at least there's that depth there that we don't have to rush him back. The team isn't reliant on one player. They're reliant on the whole team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, Hayne can just chime in, you know, um, when it, like, you know, whenever he feels like, but it's uh, it's Norman's team, Norman and Moses' team, so, yeah, I'm confident. It's the, the core part of the Brad Arthur ethos, isn't it, for our team, is, you know, creating a team. You know, there's multiple parts that work together, Guys can come in and know their job and do a job if someone's hurt. You know, there's lots of stars. You know, when you put them together collectively, but you know, no one is at the heart of a team. And you take him out and everything falls to shit. And we saw a suggestion of that in 2014, and that resulted in Hangley in the Dally M. So he's going to play a lesser role for us as a centre. But I think um, BA will find plenty of ways to work him in with some pretty unique looks. You know, he's already mentioned he's got a license to pop up on the other edge when he needs to. And I think that takes from, from the sort of Patriots in the NFL, their way of doing things. It's not always about having the best player. It's the best player fit. So you don't have to have, you know, internationals and whatever else. You need guys that can come in and do the job, do their role, um, and, and go out and do a job yeah, for the team. You look at the guys that we built, you know, rebuilt this club with, and, you know, a lot of them started off as, you know, scrap heap or project players. And, you know, now they're getting their juices, you know, not bona fide superstars, but you know, recognised first graders. And, you know, that's why we're now knocking on the door of the top four and, and potentially, you know, being title threats. Yeah, just going back before you said um, our, our team collectively is what stars and everything, I think 
our, our individual players have been criminally underrated, especially recently. Yeah. I don't like. I personally don't like the top fifty players of the NRL because it changes every year. And in terms of your Thurston Smith, Cronk Slater, and surprisingly Greg Inglis, they're always going to be in that top eight around that area. Um, but I think our boys are ter- terribly, terribly underrated. Uh, what Mitchell Moses uh, changed our team and the way he complements our team. Um, is absolutely massive. But then in saying that also, I don't know if he works in another team because does he have that support? And well, he certainly everything. didn't I'm work glad in West Tigers. I'm glad that our individual players are being underrated because that pushes them a little bit. Um, yeah, chip on the shoulder. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah as, as a team, I think uh, it, is a bit, it is a bit weird having um, the media officials praise us for once. Uh, yeah, that's definitely something different. It's definitely an uncomfortable uh, new feeling, isn't it? Although you get on the roar and uh, uh, Brad Arthur's <laughs> going to be sacked by round 10 and uh, Cor- uh, Haynes going to be another coach killer. So um, I guess there's a diverse uh, NRL opinion and everybody's welcome to their own opinion. Um, but you know what they say about opinions. If I can borrow a professional wrestling term here by the Young Bucks, FTR, fuck the roar. all right boys well i think that might about wrap us up i think we've got through everything tonight um my draft fantasy team is in shambles (laughs) i missed so many (laughs) rounds i had so many auto picks it's uh, it's looking like a mess Um, but thanks for everybody that's participating in the uh the draft um we've also got the head-to-head fantasy which is now filled up um, but we've also got regular fantasy as well. Um, I've posted those uh, links to uh, what the uh, uh, you can enrol in. Um, but if I've got it as a public fixture, so if you just want to search Para Podcast, if you're into playing fantasy, uh, join in the squad there. Um, it'll just be regular fantasy, so everybody selects the same players pretty much. Um, as long as you get on some good cashies at the beginning of the year, you should be going all right. Um, in, rela- in relation to the draft, that's all done now. Um, I, I assume I'll come last, but, you know, I've got Tom Burgess sitting on my bench, so that, that about wraps it up for, for how well I did He tonight. was the second best Burgess um, last year, but makes you way better. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Um, all right, and so wrapping that up, get on to you, Birdie. Where can we catch you? Yeah, Twitter's um, SevenHeaven1. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else to say other than that. Oh, just the fantasy drafting act good. I reckon I'm going to come last too. Birdie, Birdie's officially on Murata Watch now. Every week he's going to be pinging the club and a random player. <laughs> well, he did ask Jared yeah, Hayden, where's Murata? That's where the inspiration from. Every week he's going to be tweeting the club and then a random player on Twitter asking where Murata is if he's not in the first grade team. Uh, it'd, be like that, it'd be like that guy in, um, what's his name, Elijah Taylor, tweeting every week's announce uh, Elijah Taylor. I'll do that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be more like, where's Poochie? (laughs) 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 Um, All right, on to you, Forty. Where can we catch Uh, you? You can catch me and uh, 60s, Miach, Chris, uh, and a couple other of our um, uh, side contributors at thecumberlandfro.com. Now we're in the business end of the start of the business end (laughs) of the season. Uh, So uh, Teamless Tuesday blogs up today. There can be only one. Uh, in comma seven, it's a Highlander reference. Uh, get it? Because Brad had to make a tough decision. Uh-huh. Um, we've got a really cool contribution piece by um, the Daniel, uh, who you guys probably know from um, his time at One O Eel. Um, he looks at how numbers can lie, 
uh, with the Haas pairings of uh, Parramatta and across the league. And you know, moving forward this week, we're going to have some cool content previewing the match against the Panthers and looking at some of the other stuff that the club is doing right now. All right, and on to you, Ham. Uh, yeah, so the Twitter account is at hamsamich 22 and the band this week will be a band playing at the Bank Hotel on Thursday night from Newcastle Rave Tapes with two A's in the R in the, in the first rave. So they're playing at the Bank Hotel on Thursday night in Newtown. And also, don't bother joining up in the tipping competition for the Para Podcast because they've already handed me the winner's trophy. And all right, um, on to uh, <laughs> my plugs. Uh, so you can catch us on Twitter at para podcast on facebook at facebook.com forward slash para podcast um just to wrap that up so as i said before we got the fantasy going uh we don't do super coach because that's easy coach uh, we've also got the footy tipping apparently, as well apparently you can't um, do that, <laughs> you can't do nrl fantasy either <laughs> i can't do nrl fantasy Mr. draft I can, I can do regular <laughs> i can <laughs> i can do regular fantasy just not the draft um also uh, we've got the tipping comp as well. So if you search either in fantasy or in uh, the tipping on nrl.com for Power Podcast, they're both open leagues. So all comers welcome. Um, even anybody that isn't a Parramatta fan that listens to this podcast, I don't know what you're doing here, but uh, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> and so to wrap it all up, thanks from, uh, from everybody for listening in. Uh, and... Hopefully we can enjoy our rugby league this weekend with a win in all three grades over Penrith and then a couple of wins in the junior leagues. All right. Thanks, guys. Good one. Yeah, See you later. Go the Eels. Go Power. Go